Welcome to Nerd Here Weekly, a podcast about the week's biggest stories in nerdy news. I'm Riley Trahan, and it's the holiday season, so I'm joined by Deepak Christmas. Yippee-ki-yay. Fred Neighbor. <laughs> Couldn't think of one. <laughs> that was fair. How's it going? And the Jacktron 5000. Oh, I'm, I'm the Christmas robot, here to bring joy with systematic mathematical precision. Yeah, we, um, as a part of, you know, stuff's been getting shook up a lot on the internet. I don't know if you guys have seen all this that's going on with Twitter, but I thought that this was going to be a good opportunity for us to kind of get our brand out there. And and Fred and Deepak, I didn't talk to you guys about this ahead of time, but I did, since I thought this was really our chance to kind of make a move, I did upgrade the Jacktron to the 5000 model. Now I can make artwork. <laughs> <laughs> but can't draw hands for the life of you. <laughs> I'm not opposed to it. I just wish I'd been informed. Yeah, no, I know, man. I'm sorry. And it did come out of the company budget, but <laughs> I think it, I think there's going to be a lot of room for improvements. He's going to be able to blow people up if he's in San Francisco, but that's a conversation for another time because we're here. Well, I'll be able to legally blow people up if I'm in San Francisco. <laughs> the Christmas party's going to be lit. <laughs> Before we get into uh, seeing everything the Jacktron 5000 can do, we had other robots we wanted to talk about because the one thing the Jacktron isn't is a robot in disguise. Mm. Fred, you were pumped for Beast Wars this week, my man. Do you want to lead us in? Yeah, so here's the thing. I I was very excited for Beast Wars. Beast Wars was a phenomenal TV show. Um, don't rewatch it now. The animation doesn't hold up. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so they, they released a new trailer today for, or not today, but they released a new trailer for the new Transformer movie uh, with the Beast, I, I guess they're Beast Bots, they're not Autobots, are they? It's a great question. They're Autocons and Decepta something, I can't remember what the terminology is. So, yeah, I mean, this has been a... Really, I think it'll be a fun new installment for the Transformer series. I think I haven't visited the Transformer series in a while, um, and I think this will kind of breathe a little bit new life into it. I think it's just something different that we needed. Um, I was very surprised that Optimus Prime is not going to be a gorilla. They brought in another robot for that, which is, you know, not my first choice, but we'll, we'll see where it goes. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, yeah, so let me let me comment on a couple things there, Fred, and then I want to go deep back to you, because you're, like you're like our resident Beast War movie, or not Beast War, but Transformer movie expert, I feel like. So oh, yeah, it's on my resume. I, I want to throw to you in a second here, but just a couple points of fact. Um, the, the good guys in Beast Wars are called the Maximals. There we go. And the Predacons. And the bad guys are yeah. called the Predacons. Yeah. Predacons, yeah. Um, now, yeah, Be Jack, are you at all hip to Beast Wars? Because Beast Wars was I can't, a popular I can't say that I am, but it sounds... Can I say what it sounds like? Yeah. From, yeah, 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 yeah. It kind of sounds like it's the plot of the Transformers, but with wild animals instead of uh, cars and trucks. That can I say this, sounds Jack? about right. Hold on. Oh, yeah, I want to... Jack, you've never been great at sports, ma'am? No. I wouldn't get out say of the so. park on that one. Mm. Woo! Look at it go. That's a touchdown from half court. Yeah. So here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. They're also they're not on Earth, touchdown are they? From half court. They're, Hold on. Stop. Stop. Yes, they are on Earth. They are not fleshy, unfortunately, Jack. They are still robots. 
Mm-hmm. But when they came to Earth, instead of scanning cars, they scanned animals. Right. I think, but there's if no I remember people. correctly, to the 1997 children's show, I think maybe they got here like a long, long time ago before mm-hmm. there were like And they were like, cars. Yeah. there's no okay, dope there rectangular things that go crazy fast. So, mm-hmm. so I like, guess I'm we'll be, be gorillas and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Deepak, so, so Fred spoke to the fact that, yes, instead of... Well, I guess in addition to. In the show, we had Optimus Primal. Mm -hmm. But, of course, because we already have Optimus Prime in Transformers continuity, and this movie is not called Beast Wars, right? Mm -hmm. Rise of the Beasts, I think. Yeah, it's a Transformers canon movie. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to get Optimus Prime meeting Optimus Primal. Mm -hmm. But what I wanted to speak to, and, and Deepak, I guess what I wanted to hear from you was, didn't they start to introduce, like, the dinosaurs... They didn't start. They did. So the fourth one, Age of Extinction, which was the first one that Mark Wahlberg did. So it was kind of the soft reboot after the the trilogy LaBeouf. Um, that is about, not about, but it, it builds up to the climax in Hong Kong or wherever it was where they find the, um, what are called the Dinobots. And how the Dinobots were this ancient form of the Transformers who came to Earth in prehistoric times when uh, I guess the uh, what I can't remember the name of the planet that they come from, but uh, Cybertron. Were, Cybertron, thank you. They were scouring the universe trying to terraform planets to create a new Cybertron, which is all the Transformers ever do, apparently in the movies at least. And um, so some of these were like the Dinobots were trapped in this thing, and they went into hiding, and then Optimus Prime had to kind of wrangle them and profess that he was the one who truly commanded them. And then he rode the T-Rex named Grimlock into battle and defeated uh, whatever the, uh, what's his name, Megatron again for the 50 millionth time. And then after that, that got him started on this whole thing about finding out where the Transformers really came from and going to the source of all this. So that leads into the fifth Transformers movie, which is when tra- he's kind of... Uh, that's the last night? That's last night where he is actually forced to become evil and he becomes... Uh, he has some other name when he has that form, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. And the Grimlock and some of the Dinobots make an appearance in the fifth one. They're not as important or crucial to the plot as they were in the fourth movie, but they're there. So the Dinobots have been introduced, and my understanding... I haven't seen the Rise of the Beast trailer, no, but my understanding is that it's in the same continuity as... The Bay movies, which are also in the same continuity as Bumblebee, because Bumblebee is a prequel, and that was in the 80s, and Rise of the Beast is in the 90s. Yes, all of that you have nailed. Mm. I am disappointed. I'm, I'm taking points off over the fact that you didn't talk about how the plot of last night is that Optimus Prime has to go to Earth and get Merlin's staff for a space witch. Yeah, so Merlin's staff is apparently uh-huh. the the key to uh, unlocking or unleashing Unicron, and we're we're led to believe, or we're it's revealed in the fifth movie that Earth itself is Unicron. Um, the fifth movie ends in a way that hints that Unicron has been kind of subdued, but is still going to emerge as the big villain. And Unicron, for people who may not know. Uh, the Transformers movie in the 80s, that was the uh, animated one, like the Transformers, the movie or whatever they called it, with uh, Orson Welles as the voice of Unicron. He was the big bad in that. So he's kind of 
for lack of a better term, like the Thanos or the Joker, or the, 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 the arch nemesis, the big, big bad of the Transformers universe. Um, but it doesn't look like we're going to get that because Michael Bay lost interest in making Transformers movies. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where that was. That was some grade A nerd ass shit. And then mm. before we get into <laughs> talking about the the beast the beast war movie proper Transformers mm. Rise of the Beasts, I guess we should give it its proper name. I want to see if I can hint Jack to guessing the name of Evil Optimus Prime without giving too many hints. So you ready to, you ready to play this game with me, Jack? He's not. Jack, Jack, I can't. I did. I did need to take a moment to mentally prepare, but now I am okay. ready. <laughs> All right. So here's. So remember, the idea is Optimus Prime is now a bad guy. Okay. And yeah. Now guys, I got it. And the good guys are. Still oh yeah, I remember the so name now. I just looked it up. Do you Do you want to take any swing? Is that my hint? <laughs> no, I was going to say before I give you any hints. Do you want to like try it all? Just get a baseline. Optimus. Secondary. Okay, here's what I'm gonna say. Here's your first hint. You 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 you're doing too much. Okay. Leave, leave Optimus. Work less hard. Or, or no no no. No sorry. leave Prime. Leave prime. Leave prime. He's always Prime. Mm-hmm. Right? Get Optimus. They call him Prime. Ne- uh, it's it's. Nemesis but instead of being prime. good, he's a be- yeah. There you go. Yes, Jack. It is. Ne- <laughs> did you look that up? Nemesis Prime. It is Nemesis Prime. No, I did not. <laughs> yup. <laughs> yeah, That's so dumb. Work less hard. That's the only thing you needed was don't be as smart about it. <laughs> yeah, he's our enemy now, so now he's nemesis. <laughs> All right, so I loved Beast Wars as a kid. And Jack, the reason mm-hmm. I asked if you were hip to Beast Wars was A, I figured there might be a little bleed over just from us growing up in the same house. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sure. A pretty large gap in there. It sounds um, vaguely familiar. I, I just I definitely haven't seen it. The figures were still hanging around when you, you <laughs> yeah, probably exactly. played with these toys. Right. Um, but, like, Fred, Deepak, and I were the target audience. Mm-hmm. Like, we mm-hmm. were the demo for this bad boy. I think it was on Toonami when we came home from school. <sighs> so it was that's, on everything. Yeah, yeah that's why so it was part of that lineup with, like, reboot. Yeah, I didn't even shows. have, like, channels. I only had standard broadcast TV growing up. And I still watched it. So then it was, I think, a Saturday morning thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, just as a little bit of a walk down memory lane thing, uh, we could wrap this segment up by, I could throw out some some characters that maybe we haven't thought of in a while and just get if any reactions or mm-hmm. any thoughts or anything like that. Um, so, of course, we have Optimus Primal, who is the head of... The good guy team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then we have a rhinoceros character. Jack, we're just going to do lightning round here. I'm going to give you the animal. You give me the Beast War name. Then I'll say the real Beast War name. So then I, we would, have a rhin- I would almost prefer the reverse, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the reverse is too easy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Optimus Primal is the most creative one. Okay. I'll say that. Sure. There's and a rhinoceros. Who- His name is... Uh, uh, one horn mixed McGoria. <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah, you're doing too much. <laughs> Rhinox. Okay, I, I get the theme now. Go on. Do, do less. But he was he was also later transformed into a tank and turned evil. Do, do mm. you guys remember the name of that guy? The Vok. Oh. 
No. Rhinox with three X's. No, he was, tra- he was transformed into a tank. Oh, he no Rhino features at all. Tank, tank, tank Ox. Uh, Tankor. Tank. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, there was Jack a rat character. His name is... Ratapus. Rat Trap. <laughs> rat Trap. You're, you're getting closer. There was a cheetah. I definitely had this character. Oh, and Jack, you're going to get a minute to meditate on cheetah here. One of the things I didn't mention that I did want to say that was actually substantive about this like trailer we saw was as Deepak was going through the history of the franchise, I think we got a sense of this. But with the exception of Bumblebee, right, which was a little kind of break in the franchise recently, mm. with the exception of Bumblebee, it has been a grip since it mattered that these cats can turn into cars, right? Like, mm-hmm. like that has kind of been out of the conversation. Um, they're just giant, you know, like kaiju that fight each other and sometimes have to blend in in public, right? But like this trailer, Deepak, I know you said you hadn't seen it yet, but features two really good looking action chases, right? Where like the Transformers are doing interesting shit where like they transform around the guy driving the car and like U turn without, you know, like the front just becomes the back and the back becomes the front or like. There's, they put out holograms of multiple cars so that people don't know which one to chase. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, cool to see them being cool cars again. Mm. That, bad being said, that being said... Well, no, I, that, you, I told you you were going to get a break. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> that being said, I wanted to mention for people, including Jack, the Transformers are robots in disguise. These... It's not like a gorilla that turns into a car. It's a robot that's disguised as a gorilla. <clears throat> right. For example, our cheetah friend isn't going to turn into a car. He's a cheetah that turns into a guy. I just wanted to establish that for everybody, that they weren't yeah. animal car. Yeah, the same thing with the uh, the Dinobots. They they disguise themselves yes. as yes. dinosaurs. Yes. Yeah, they don't. Yes. It's not a T-Rex right. that turns into a Camry. That'd be fly <laughs> as hell. Yeah, I don't think anyone <laughs> would think that, right. but that would be Jack, cool. what's the cheetah name? It's Cheeto. Cheetor. Close. No, it's Cheetah. It's Chester. <laughs> Chester. It's mm. our great friend Chester. Oh, There's yeah. A white... A white tiger whose name is Tiger Zord. White Tiger Tigatron. Zord. Tigatron. 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 I was trying to remember. Close. Yeah. There's a peregrine falcon called. Uh, gee, that's very specific. Aren't they very small? Um, the Falcor. Falco. Everybody's Arizor. favorite. Arizor. <laughs> you keep being so close. All right. <laughs> it's like they took the first thing that came to their heads. <laughs> it, it's almost like that, yeah. All right, we're going to switch over to the bad guys here for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll wrap us up. So we, of course, have a T-Rex, and his name is Megatron, and he can also turn into a dragon. He's just, just Megatron still? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and and I think Starscream is still Starscream. Yeah, but he's not a jet in this one. He's um, he's not. Does anybody remember? Uh, a Lociraptor. Is he a pterodactyl? He's Okay, so here's the thing. He is technically... A plesiosaur or whatever. One, two, three, four things. Wait, what? He's four things He's technically. Four plesiosaur. One of them is a jet, and we're taking that out of the conversation. There are what? three more. Yeah, he becomes the jet when Rhinox becomes Tankor. I'm pretty sure, but that's yeah. that's a whole other. Okay. That's gonna arc. be like Beast Wars four. We're not yeah. there yet. Okay. Uh, Jack, do you want to guess one of the three things? Uh, I think one of the things is mm-hmm. a. Uh, I'm gonna go with like a a hawk. 
Incorrect. Wasp. Now a you wasp. take a second. Yes. Okay. Based on that piece of information, Very you small. tell me. You tell me the second thing he was. Uh, like another bug, maybe? Like a centipede? Incorrect. <laughs> Ghost. What? <laughs> wait, I've given wait. You two pieces of information. <laughs> so now I'd like you to provide me with the obvious. From here, circle gets the square, Jack. What's the. Uh, don't, don't hold back. Don't pretend like you can't figure out the pattern. Uh-huh. What's the third thing? Um. Is here. We'll um, say it at the same time. Ready? One, two, three. A laser vampire. Pointer. Shark. <laughs> shark would make yeah. more sense. Why? Bio- what do you mean by he can become a ghost? I don't understand why they listed biomechanical shark. <laughs> they all are. Robot. Yeah, they're all that. Anyway, that was Starscream Corner. Of course, we also have a scorpion character named Scorponok, who was in the first uh, Transformers movie. The very oh, really? famous, very famous shot from the trailer where it bursts yeah. out of the sand in the desert when the oh, GI. That's got, right. That's, that's right. Scorpionok. Yep. Uh, there's a tarantula called Tarantulus, a pterodactyl named Pterosaur, and a wasp called Waspinator. Also, the ghost version I'm looking at the toy is just like a translucent version. It looks like. Yeah, is it maybe like he just died and came back to life as a ghost? <laughs> it almost it almost looks like a hologram. Wild. Well, anyway, we're pumped for Beast Wars. Oh, speaking of, by the way, this is a transition, but mm. if uh, if you're excited to hear us get excited about movies we're excited for, don't stop. Go right now to NIHF.com and sign up for the Nerd Out, because this Friday, you're going to get Deepak and I salivating about having seen the new Avatar movie. Yeah. So, if you like us dorking out about movie lore, mm-hmm. NIHF.com, sign up right now, because you're hearing this episode on Tuesday. Just a couple days from now, we're going to be dorking out about Avatar, so get there while you can. I'll be in a perpetual state of climax for about a week, so it'll be good. And we're going to get it on Mike. Mm. I love lore so much. Mm. And that brings us to our second story of the week. And guys, I think this will be a testament to how dedicated I am to the to the holiday spirit. We had big robot news to talk about this week. I mean, if we've I would say if we've ever had robot news worth talking about, it it was uh perhaps this robot news. But instead, we've got a we've got to play our favorite holiday game, right? Well, on the subject of the robot news, I think they ended up repealing what we were going to talk about anyway. So it's not do you, happening. Do you, do you want to give us a high level, not burdened by paranoia kind of overview of that while I pull up my spreadsheet? Yeah, my uh, off the dome, less than educated recap of what happened is that the San Francisco municipal government assembly, whatever, decided to put out automated drones that had the capability of inducing lethal force on criminal activity in the great city of San Francisco. Uh, This was understandably met with alarm and fear and confusion. Um, And about a week or two later, which is as of this recording this past week, they decided that they were no longer going to do that because the money could be spent doing something more productive for humanity and not creating a fleet of Terminators. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, that's uh, it's a happy also, ending for now. And also, creative thought is being automated, and it's the end of the world. But that's yeah, AI well, yeah, no, is, So all the uh, all the coming. killer robots yeah. retired, and they pursued a career. And they in all art. make art now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Judgment Day is still looming. Oh, it's and out. soon they'll decide that you need to no longer be part of the picture. Mm. Hands wouldn't be so hard to draw if there just were no humans. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I don't know where my Christmas list went. You uh, did a whole segue, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, Ron Perlman is Optimus Primal? I missed that. You can see, but for the robot thing, there's... Um, Michelle Yeoh is Air Razor? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just doing art, but they can like write out stories and stuff for you, too. Yeah, some of them are pretty good. Yeah, Pete Davidson is will do anything, and then the economy will collapse. Guys, I know Dinklage. Wow, I know that we've been saying Deepak needs to upgrade his internet, but this lag is ridiculous. (laughs) 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 Wait, Pete Davidson's in the new Beast Wars movie? Yeah, or the old Beast Wars movie? Because both are weird. He's going to start dating Michelle Yeoh when this is all over. I can guarantee it. All right, who's he playing? He's a uh, rat trap. Mirage? Mm. I what's don't know who what's Mirage? Is. Trans- yeah, who's that? She, uh, she's a she or sorry, he he's a Porsche. Well, it'd be weird Mirage. if it was she, but he's OP, a PA. Yeah. Oh no, no no, I'm getting Mirage and RC mixed up. Yeah, RC is different. Hmm. Our Mirage and RC were in. Uh, I think they were in Revenge of the Fallen. RC definitely was. I might have deleted it, guys. That's insane. We can't do the segment, then. All right, then we're talking about Tar. Wait, no, hold on. We do have something to talk... Hilariously, because you brought up Tar, here's something... Uh, so anybody who hasn't gone all the way to the end of Mine and Deepak's Tar podcast might not realize that we have, in fact, addressed the fact that Bob Iger is back as the new CEO of Disney. Mm. Oh, yeah. But not on a show that makes sense where we would have done it. <laughs> so let's just front face this incredibly weird thing that happened a little bit. Now, we can maybe yada yada over the conspiracy theory of it all. Although, Jack, if you want to just kind of doff your hat to that as, by way of an intro, I think that's fine. But uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty weird, right? I mean, I guess for me, before Jack, before I let you off the hook. Mm-hmm. The thing that's weird to me is that for so long, Iger's job was find a replacement, right? And mm-hmm. like, Transition the company over, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and the guy he wanted for a long time, right? I think he was the CFO. Mm-hmm. He left before Iger was done, essentially. And and I think that that was part of the reason that Chapek ended up in the job. But it's just like... Even if you're dissatisfied with JPEG, then surely what you are dissatisfied with is Iger's ability to find his own replacement, right? And to bring him back and have him take another swing at this and say he's going to be out in two years, that to me just totally stinks of he's hanging around as long as he wants to. Yeah, Jack, please. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, so for anyone unaware, um, there's this company called the Walt Disney Company. <laughs> What? Chief executive officer for a long time was this guy called Walt Disney, and then he died, and uh, everybody thinks that everybody else who's ever done that job hasn't done as good of a job. Wait, are and... they the small animation studio that's owned by Pixar? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. They've made a couple uh, of charming animated films. Oh, okay. And so there were uh, one wait, of the wait, more... Wait. My insert joke was that Walt isn't dead. 
Yeah, well, sure, but he he's, can't perform the duties. Suspended, suspended animation, no pun intended. Right. Uh, so then they got this guy named Bob Iger to do it. <clears throat> um, he followed somebody everybody hated. So everybody was like, oh, anything he does will be fine. And then after a while, they were like, oh, actually, we hate this guy. And you have to replace, uh, you have to find somebody else to do the job. And then uh, 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 maybe you've heard of this also in about 2020. There was a massive sort of shift in the soci- social landscape. And along, uh, along with all of that pandemic uh, panic, uh, Bob Iger left. He was replaced with this other guy. Bob Chapek, who really just came and gummed up the works, didn't do a single thing anybody liked, and now he's been fired again, and Bob Iger's back. So the conspiracy theory that Riley was alluding to is the idea that maybe Mr. Chapek was brought on purely to make some hard business decisions in the wake of the 2020 coronavirus pandemic, uh, only to bring... Bob Iger back after things sort of the dust sort of settled on that and there's there are bits of evidence to support this we will get into the details Uh, you guys remember when coca-cola changed their formula and they were like hey we have a new formula for coca-cola and then they changed it and everyone hated it for a little while and then they brought the old formula back and we're all like oh yeah this is the stuff but then that was still slightly changed too but they didn't tell anybody that's what happens when you take cocaine away from people (laughs) yeah well yeah i think that's kind of what it is though the analogy is sound fred except for perhaps the idea that it means that people liked the original uh, (laughs) yeah the original bob Iger, bob Iger, as much as they like coca-cola um but d-back i heard you were you were him and han in there a little bit do you want to maybe speak to like the movie corporate inside business of it because there's also the whole chapek disney plus scuttlebutt well yeah well, well that was all it was not that Iger was forced out for any reason it was his decision I mean believe whatever you want but it was well known that at a certain point he was going to step down because you can only CEO for so long before sure. you kind of run out of gas and it's time to hand things over for the sake of the company it's the same way and I feel like you know Andy Reid left the Eagles not because he was a bad coach but because it was just time for a refresh right and and for the so, sake of the tale he was from 2005 to 2020 before coming back in 2022 Correct. So he'd been there for a while. He's credited with, uh, you know, getting Lucasfilm, getting Marvel, you know, really launching Disney Plus, consolidating Disney into really the, you know, the predominant purveyor of entertainment goods in Hollywood at this point. Uh, but he transitioned over to, uh, I, uh, sorry, to Bob Chapek, and Chapek came from the, I believe, the park side of the company. Um, so, so many that was white all, businessmen to keep track of. Yes, Chapek right, was. Already sort of a, uh, an odd choice to be the CEO and it was kind of fraught with peril from the beginning. Part of it kind of as residual fallout from all the changes that happened with COVID and the kind of sluggish theatrical market starting to come back into, into frame. But also we moved past the Avengers Endgame side of Marvel, which is obviously the most successful aspect of Disney. When you include Pixar, when you include national geographic, when you include now that they own Fox, when you include ESPN, which has been hemorrhaging for the better part of a decade now, uh, after Endgame, I think Feige kind of has free reign to do whatever he wants. So it's let's start all these Disney Plus shows and Chapek is greenlighting, you know, everything from Moon Knight to She-Hulk, so on and so forth. And uh, it well, starts off well. Really, yeah, he, he's like he he 
shunted red to disney plus right to try and juice the disney plus numbers to like prove that that was a good business decision. oh the turning red the panda thing yeah yeah so but soul goes there and then like there's there's uh tension about whether or not it's minority driven movies that are being shifted to the streaming platform and uh, the movies that marvel is putting out theatrically have noticeably not been up to par compared to the previous few phases some may say that's because we're essentially back to a phase one approach now where we're introducing new characters that audiences haven't really gotten a chance to know yet, whether it's Shang-Chi or Miss Marvel or whatever. Yeah, because um, you can't do a movie successfully with new characters. Right, but then it's also Thor 4 noticeably did not do as well as Ragnarok, which was a big hit. So even the returning characters, Doctor Strange has not been as embraced as you know his previous adventure or when he's with the other guys. So... I think a lot of that, maybe we're coming at it from a more nerdy perspective. Um, there was a lot of chum in the water as far as Chapek needing to go out. There's also a lot of reports that he was being kind of internally attacked and there were people vying, positioning themselves to maybe be his replacement. Um, but then the board just reached out to Iger and said, you're really the only one who knows how to write the ship. Just come back in on a temporary basis. And during that time we can go ahead and find a new replacement for you. The real kind of surprise here is that it happened like at 1 a.m. on a Sunday and there was no press release given to Chapek. There's usually, even when there's a, a change in the guard, you give them like kind of a... Yeah, like uh, Chapek found that on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, it's like you give them like the display of having it be an amicable thing where, you know, oh, I've, I've been honored, you know, to have served as the CEO of Disney in this brief stint and I'm proud of the work I've done. I look forward to seeing what Bob Iger will do, so on and so forth. There was none of that. <laughs> He's been radio silent for like a month now. Um, so there's been I mean, a lot be of... profoundly yeah. weird to have to give up the seat after a two-year stint to somebody who had it before you. Well, I don't. Yeah. I don't even think he was in it for two years. I think it was like maybe a year and change. Uh, well, so here I want to timeline this. So because the thing I wanted to say was that Iger was originally supposed to be out in 2018, right? Mm -hmm. And then in 2017 they re-upped his contract. Uh, I think that was because the initial transition plan failed because that other person left. This the original well, CFO so, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I remember talking about that. So they extended to 2019. Then in 2017, they extended it to 2021, right? So this, like, B Disney is just in the habit of kicking the can, can down the Iger road, right? Mm. And, like, either way, right, whether or not this was in any way genuine or deliberate or whatever, right? Like, Disney has just suffered under the reign of Bob Chapek, right? Like, the mm -hmm. park is a garbage. The, the Star right Wars now. park has flopped. Apparently, yeah. mm -hmm. considerably. Star Wars didn't do what it needed to do. Mm -hmm. um, the Disney Plus, you know, it has a lot of users, but internal stuff says that people aren't happy with how Disney Plus has been handled or rolled yeah. out. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think I think they're just going to bring Iger back on and keep him until they get it figured out. Like, it is an Apple-style thing, right? Like, Tim Cook, I guess, has been as successful as you can be running Apple post Steve Jobs, right? But like, nobody, nobody was really like, "Oh yeah, Tim Cook," right? Like, <laughs> uh -huh. he was he was taking over for a company that when the guy before him, I mean, I guess, you know, Jobs was fired and came back in a similar way, right? But like, true, uh, like the transformation that Apple went through under the second Jobs era, 
right? Like it was a different company than it was before. Mm-hmm. And now and and now Cook's just got to figure that out. And I feel like that's what Disney needs right now, right? Like Iger has changed what Disney is. Deepak outlined that really well, right? And now they need somebody who can run the new kind of company. And that's not what they were looking for when they hired Iger the last time around. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's a new kind of guy they're looking for. So mm-hmm. right. I liked Chapik's beard. He grew it out. I thought he was looking styling. <laughs> Gonna miss it. Sorry to see him go. So this has been Hallmark movies. <laughs> yeah. I had a whole new bit I was gonna do this time. I'll make a new spreadsheet for next time. We'll keep it going. D back. What? You sent me a whole Twitter thread. <laughs> this is just how we talk, guys. I didn't even clock that. You're right. That was a weird, but I didn't know. Uh, what? What do you, you want? Sent me, you sent me a Twitter thread that was linked to an article that was a pretty deep dive on the state of theaters and oh, yeah, the streaming industry. That. And I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about what's going on on that front. It's been a minute since we checked in on our favorite war, the streaming war. Give me one second to pull that back up. No, that's fine. Uh, Jack, Fred, you guys had any good movie-going experiences this year? What's your theater-going preference like right now at the end of 2022 versus at the end of last year? Because I remember at the end of last year at least one guy on this podcast saying he was pretty out on the movie theaters, if I remember correctly. I mean, you and I went to um, Glass Onion in theaters, right? Yeah, and that was fun. That was fun. We was get into the bar afterwards, and we talked about the mystery. But it was good. I like. I've had some good. <laughs> Fred, we're buying you time. Uh, <laughs> I've had some good, especially because so much good indie horror has popped this year. Yeah, I've had some good audience experience. Right? Like being in a theater with people, mm-hmm. and like just having the atmosphere of like, oh, other people are scared right now in the room I'm in. Yeah, I've had. Some I feel like I've heard more people also lament wanting to go see a movie or like talk about going to the theaters more than i have since 2020 Mm. i've done a couple of them mostly as like a family thing though like my son still gets really really excited and so we saw like the bad guys or i think like super pets or something um and he really enjoys it and loves the whole like big oversized popcorn stuff and like a a drink that pageantry of the cinema yeah so he he loves that and i i like taking them out to do fun stuff so we we try to do that i don't personally go a lot for myself but like when you guys have tickets and you're like fred come to this i'm like yes absolutely because i always have a good time um speaking of streaming though has anyone like disney's site is terrible right like i've been trying to update payment for the disney plus for like weeks and the link doesn't work (laughs) oh yeah 100 percent um they're they're like skip uh, I always get errors that it's like a license error that if I try to watch something, mm. it goes, this content cannot be played due to some licensing. Well, this thing. goes back to the Chapik thing we were just talking. <laughs> why are we keep, why are we in a time loop on stories today? Because um, Disney, Disney web- owns three fifths of our lives. <laughs> Disney website in general is just horseshit. Um, always has been. Mm. And now that the streaming platform is built on top of it, it's the same reason that going to the parks right now is such garbage because you have to get like pre-order on the app to get your get your passes or whatever. Fast mm-hmm. pass, you, yeah. But you can't because the app's bad and their internal Wi-Fi all sucks. Anyway, Deepak, uh, can you please talk us through kind of basics, the outlines of 
the landscape of what we were talking about that you would kind of sent me that article about the other day. Yeah, so Jason Kilar was the former executive of Warner Media, uh, Kylar Kilar K A K I L A R, um, and he was on Twitter uh, earlier this month and kind of weighed in on what he sees the future of the streaming landscape and the theatrical landscape being. Um, in a nutshell, it's it's pretty fractured right now. He puts in a lot of numbers. I'm not going to bore you with them, but uh, excuse me. Obviously, we have maybe half a dozen major streaming players right now, and there's more to come. Um, the interesting thing about what he says is that eventually there's just – you need about $10 billion to invest in content in order to really – make some sort of move like make a splash and have some actual kind of impact in the game but of course with all these uh netflix and so on and so forth have been pouring and pouring money into content for years and years now they're cash negative and it's going to take some time for them to reach the critical mass where they can actually become profitable now when they do reach that critical mass and start turning a profit they'll turn bigger profits than studios theatrically ever did because the money is just too big. You're getting $20 subscription fees from essentially mm-hmm. half the planet or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and it's consistent, right? It's, like, and it's, it's consistent. regular income. Exactly. So the thing is, not every streaming platform is going to be able to sustain that. So the future he sees is that a lot of the smaller fish, and when I say smaller, I mean they're still, they seem relatively big now. But, you know, we've already seen kind of Hulu starting to consolidate I mean, into the Disney Netflix to some is one of these ones. Like that's yeah. what we're talking about. Like the objective of Netflix's existence is and always has been, and this is why on this show we have been diligent in defining them as a tech company and not mm-hmm. an entertainment company. Their goal is to be, get bought, right? Mm-hmm. They are a Silicon Valley startup that wants to get bought, right? And their dream is that one day Disney will buy them, right? right. And that, as you say, but so just just to give people a scope of. These are the small fish we're talking about, Mm -hmm. like Netflix. (laughs) So he says, in this transition of only three entertainment companies likely getting to scale, expect two to three major mergers and or acquisitions of entertainment companies in the next 24 months. In parentheses, Amazon and Apple, both purveyors of streaming, will be in addition and measured differently because, of course, Amazon and Apple are... Enormous entities that existed far beyond streaming was even really yeah, a, no one's a popular concept. Them. Well, exactly. but that's interesting because I was going to say the three that I see it being are Disney, Netflix, and Apple. Or, sorry, Disney, Amazon, and Apple. Disney, yeah, so that, that does yeah. sound about right. So at that point, what he also gets into is things like Tubi, for example, or like the Roku channel, which are free net, free services that will then kind of inherit or buy up legacy content with ads and people don't really care about, for example, seeing a movie that's like 20 years old, but it's free. I get it because I have a Roku TV or I get it because the Tubi app is already there and I don't really need to create an account or pay money for it. I can just turn on, um, like I just got the ad last night. If I wanted to watch 42, the Jackie Robinson story for free on Tubi on my, on my TV, I was like, yeah, whatever, fine. That's an option. So that's where the landscape is going to go. And I think this kind of goes hand in hand with what Spielberg and Lucas were saying 10, 15 years ago about how the theatrical marketplace. Look, we're all very happy that there are movies like, for example, Barbarian that did fantastic business theatrically, even though it only costs like $1.50 or, you know, something like Top Gun Maverick, the sequel to a movie that came out 35 years ago, somehow cleaned up at the box office this year and is apparently in line for a Best Picture nomination. That's fantastic. But we're increasingly going to be at a place where the multiplex or the theater is for the big shows. You're not going to go for something like a parasite or a 
uncut gems or something like that. You're going for your Transformers, your Star Wars, so on and so forth. But and yet, the studios are not going to be seeing the kinds of profits, regardless, that they would see um, on a streaming on an over the what do they call it the um, over the top kind of marketplace. Rebuttal. Hmm. Knives Out Two made fucking bank. Yeah, but the extenuating circumstance there is that people who wanted to see it knew that it was only in theaters for a week, actively sought it out I, to see it in theaters I, because it was I only for. And here's the thing: people knew it was only in theaters for a week. I talked to people who were like, "Oh yeah, I want to go see that." Yeah, and I was like, "Well, now you have to wait till Christmas. It'll be on Netflix." Yeah, I'm, so my, my brother-in-law had the same problem. In, in that camp. Yeah, yeah and and the thing is. Ted Sarandos essentially was asked about this and said, well, he was asked about it in the context of also like the World Cup and why they're not doing live sports and all that. And he doesn't see profit in that. But the main thing why people were like, oh, Netflix is so stupid for not putting in theaters more. They, well, they could have yeah, made yeah. more money. That's not the point of what they're That's doing. The point, it's no. essentially they drive it, subscribership. They want the word of mouth. They go, hey, yeah. I saw it in theaters. It was really fucking good. I also don't necessarily think that it's a theater movie. You can watch it at home and have a perfectly good time with it. No, but this, that's that's that was my point. Not that because I agree with you. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not knocking Netflix for not leaving it in theaters yeah. longer because I understand that they're just and the people whining about it on Twitter are so yeah, no, dumb. People have yeah. the wrong take on that. Yeah. But my point is just that it is not a it is not a theater movie, and yet people showed up to right. see it, and it made more money than most of Netflix's other theatrical efforts mm, right? especially and on a per screen basis it was like a, yeah because it was floor. really strategically placed mm. and i'm just like that's what i start to wonder about that was that was all i wanted to kind of get in there was this idea of like i don't know that it always has to be an avengers right mm-hmm. but are this is this is what i continue to realize about the corporations that r- rule all as jack pointed out five-fifths of our lives right um mm-hmm. Disney has two, and then I guess Amazon and Netflix get the other ones. Um, oh, shit. The, I looked away from the other two-fifths. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're all playing Moneyball, right? Right. Like, I was reading a thing recently about how Disney – this is why I was up on all my park jazz earlier mm. – um, about how Disney's trying to be strategic about how it can get as many, like, once-a-year vacationers into the park on any given day as possible – and then only after that do they want, like, season pass holders, for example. Right? Because they've got them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the idea is that the people who are there for their once-in-a-lifetime trip are going to spend way more money in the park. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. If you had your choice of filling yeah. the park with one camp or the other, that's that's obvious. Yeah. 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 I'll so never be back here, so I'll blow my load. One exactly. Big, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah it's but all... you get them every day. So it's like, for example, if you stay at the in-park hotel, you get earlier access to fast passes, mm-hmm. which are now called genie passes. But like, I'm sure Robin would love that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they've so they've incentivized doing a once-in-a-lifetime experience where you spend more money, right? And that's that's the point. Is it's all this sort of. Uh, uh, Moneyball style of sabermetrics in in business entertainment now, right? And I I wonder if it becomes a thing where Netflix goes, oh, this is a movie that can make a ton of money per screen in these cities or like in these theaters in these cities, which is kind of what they did with Knives Out and it worked really well, or Glass Onion, we should call it by its name. 
Um, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know. It was a way I hadn't seen people go with the theatrical release model before. And it made me wonder if it was the, the Fosbury flop of putting movies in theaters. <laughs> I don't think that's what that thing was actually called, but Fosbury flop. Yeah, no, that was a good analogy though. Thanks. <laughs> Expect a more aggressive focus across the globe towards free ad supported models delivered over the internet such as Pluto and Tubi. Cinemas will seek to strongly differentiate a great night out at the movies from an evening on the couch. IMAX and Alamo Drafthouse serve as inspiration, demonstrating cinema's power to elevate films and their impact on us. Perhaps the most exciting prospect is the ability to super serve fans in ever more differentiated and personalized ways. Like what you said with Walt Disney was the original visionary of the strategy, offering fans of Mickey Mouse a one-size-fits-all movie-slash-TV magical trip to Disneyland. So that's that's where he sees things going. And again, I, I really don't see any reason to doubt what he's saying because it all makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The, the streaming alley that he didn't talk about and that we rarely discuss on this show, but that I wanted to make sure we just hit really quickly was, um, that like Avenue. I, Cause I, the reason I bring this up now is I think these are on their way out. I think these are the first to go in that 24 month cycle that he was laying out there. The avenue of streaming services that we all just think of as free trial or nothing, mm-hmm. right? Like your stars, your Showtime, mm. your right, like those guys. Um, and I think it's Showtime that is currently being absorbed into Paramount Plus. Yes, yeah, they're part so, of uh, Viacom, I think. And and it looks like, I mean. HBO Max is by far the most successful premium cable. Soon to be Max. Soon to be simply Max, home of HBO. Drop HBO. It's neater. (laughs) What's cooler? A trillion dollars. And then it'll just be called Go. (laughs) Go now, Max. Max, go go now. Yeah, but like I can absolutely see it. It's like a children's reading book. (laughs) Max now goes. Plus. It gets all the pluses. That's how we organize them. Well, it's going to go down to like D plus first, and then they'll drop the D. And then it'll just be plus. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that we've talked about this before, but in, in, um, what's the book called? Mm-hmm. The Wachowski's did that. If you give a mouse that, a cookie? No. The Wachowski's <laughs> did that weird movie about it. Oh, Jupiter Ascending? Matrix? Speed Not Racer? <laughs> nope. The one that's based on a book. Based on a book? I don't know. V for Vendetta? It's, it's the one where like Tom Hanks played like an Asian. Oh, person. Cloud Atlas. Thank you. In Cloud Man, Atlas. What? Tom Hanks played It's a I weird movie, know. Fred. We don't have time for it right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's... Yeah. There's rebirths. Um, in Cloud Atlas, they call m- movies Disney's, is my point. Oh, oh yes, right. they do yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like... I, every time these sorts of things happens, I'm always like, yep, one step closer towards that. <laughs> oh, Hold on, let me Google the name of the book. You do that, and I'm going to really quickly mention that uh, I had to step away. I'm, I'm, I'm letting people behind the scenes of the show really quickly. Oh, don't show how the sausage is made, man. Come on. It's, it's for an important reason. Hmm. People probably didn't even notice, but I had to step away for a second because we're so good at podcasting. <laughs> because I got a all caps text message from mine and Jack's middle brother, what Casey, Casey saying? Now I'm concerned. Saying Riley, call me right now. 
What the hell? And I had a missed call. <laughs> and as you can okay. kind of tell from Jack's reaction, this is not a common thing. No, not at all. So I, you know, I, I sent you guys a note to Vamp, so cover for me, and then I went and I returned Casey's call, and Casey said, have you seen the ad for the new Transformers movie? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to that be a fun way to close it out, that that was what was going on. That was why I had to step away. <laughs> I was slightly nervous for a little bit. I was like, oh, God. I knew you wouldn't be talking about it if it was something real. But that's The nation incredible. cannot stop talking about the Beast Warriors. <laughs> right. Damn. Let's end, let's end the show. All right, that's it. This was Nerd Here Weekly. We're really glad you guys joined us for another show. We want to remind you before we go that you can head to NIHF.com and see this and every episode of our podcast. And if you like what we do, you can subscribe to be a member of the website. You get comment access on everything. And you get one free episode a week of our... Pardon me. And... You get one bonus episode per week called The Nerd Out, where each of us takes a turn hosting a deep dive on our favorite nerdy news. This week, it's going to be Deepak and I talking about the great, wonderful, beautiful blue world of Pandora and all the ways of water that happen there. Because mm. it's, it's Avatar, baby. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so that, yeah. Hope you guys hope, like it. Hope we love it. NIHF.com, so find out. Uh, before we go, though, we want to hit you all with some pop culture recommendations. These are things we've been watching, reading, eating, playing, or listening to that we've liked this week and we think you'll be into as well. And this week, just because I'm curious, I want to start with Deepak. Yeah, I've got three, actually. I'm going to overperform you guys here. Uh, first is a more general one where it's like the end of the year, so catching up on award season stuff, and there's a lot of stuff happening on streaming. Things are being added to Peacock and Netflix and all over the place. Um, so no title specifically. Some of them are not even really awards contenders. Like I watched Ticket to Paradise yesterday on Peacock, which was lovely, very breezy, old school kind of throwback rom-com. I had a good time with it. Uh, you know exactly what's going to happen every step of the way, but it's still enjoyable regardless. Um, on the TV front, uh, as of this recording, tonight is the finale of season two of The White Lotus, which has been fantastic so far. Uh, season one was excellent. Season two might be even better. We'll see if they stick the landing. And third, on the video game front, I bought a video game over Black Friday known as Halo Infinite. I've been playing that, and it has been a blast. (laughs) Hell yes. Why aren't we all playing Halo Infinite together? I don't have live. It doesn't have co-op? What? I don't think it has split screen either. I thought the whole... (laughs) It's not not great. You know what does have co-op that we should all be playing together, though? Hmm. Gotham Knights. What's that, Fred? Oh, Gotham. Yeah, we'll talk. If Well, Fred, what's your pop culture recommendation? Gotham Knights. Yeah, how's it going for you? <laughs> Still being Jason Todd, that big old boy? I, I do try to, like, rotate a little bit just to make sure I upgrade all the characters. But, yeah, mostly Jason Todd. It's it's a good time. Dude's a Are we excited for uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we are excited for that. And not just because of the excellent Kevin Conroy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is so I don't know Fred we're not going to go super deep on it right here but um, 
Gotham Knights is in a similar vein as those old Batman games we like so much, but mm-hmm. it's not exactly the same. It's kind of like yeah. a remix. And I mm-hmm. think the word on the street is that those that killed the Justice League game is going to be like a straight up sequel to those Batman games we like. So. I definitely okay. thought it was a movie at first. <laughs> like a they animated really, movie. They've really Margot robbied up uh, yeah, the, Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with sense. that. Since Arkham Asylum. Uh, I did want to mention, though, while we're here, and this is cool. We might just start doing this as more of a segment because I like the vibe of this. Um, Still trying to figure it out. Want to talk to you guys offline. But possible that the end of the year best of episode, at least the full thing, is going to be premium only. So, again, NIHF.com. You can get a free subscription. You can get a free trial. See if you like the goofy behind the paywall stuff we're doing. But at least it might be like top ten is pay only, top five is free, something like that. But we'll 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 talk. We'll make a plan. It just occurred to me when Deepak was talking about its end of the year watches. Fred, anything you wanted to say about Gotham Knights other than that you try and switch up and and that Jason is huge. <laughs> um no not really it's it's a gotham city is just absolutely gigantic in that game it's, it's so cool yeah um and so i have a really fun time with that uh yeah it's a pretty standard typical batman game with all the real cool villains i would say like some of the cinematic and boss fights are really really good and so i do like those maybe i'll hop back into that tonight jack where are you up to um, I've been playing Jedi Fallen Order ever since they announced the sequel, uh, Jedi Survivor, I believe, mm, Game yeah. Awards. Okay. So I've been being a cool Jedi. Fred, did you watch the ad for that? I thought of you when I saw it. I haven't seen it yet. I've been, I saw you like... haven't? No, Is I haven't. Is the droid supposed it? to look like Wally? It looks like Wally. <laughs> it, I think specifically, but it does. Hey, legally, it's fine if it does. Right. That's what. That's what I thought. There were some. We're getting like a Wally two in the next few years, and they're kind of subtly laying the seeds for that. Did I? I'm. Oh, hey, look. This is like professional. I'm so audience. I'm working on a project that you might be hearing more about in like the next six months or so. Um, but I, you guys know what it is. I was doing research for that project, and I came across. That Wally was the first time that Pixar brought on like a cinematographer who was used to working with an actual camera hmm. Hmm. to like to like try and figure out how the camera would move through the space. And I just thought I had never heard that, and I thought it was so interesting, and it made me want to go rewatch it like immediately. That is that is neat. Yeah. Um, I guess that's to me. Oh, I just finished the Guardians of the Galaxy video game that just came out last year. Uh, it, so, a pretty good record for me. On October is when it came out. Uh, October 2021. Um, this is actually a high praise for you. You don't normally finish your games. I'm working on it. Yeah. So, anyway, it was good and fun. And my favorite part of it is that you play as Peter Quill, but you give all the other... Oh, actually, I was going to say this. Fred, when we did the... Um, Mass Effect episode. I talked about how I don't ever usually like those squad control games. Yeah. This is a squad control game I really like, and I think a part of that reason why, and if you want to check it out, it's on Game Pass. I'm a shill for Game Pass. <laughs> um, I think part of the reason why is that I already know the characters. So when it's like Drax can do something, I'm like, great, who needs to get absolutely punched as hard as possible? Right? Or like Rocket can do something. I'm like, great. Who do we need to? Kasplum? It's not like t- 
Thomas Johnstones ready to go. Yeah, got right. it. And, like, and then I'm like, oh, okay. Are there any data packs that I can spend in order to acquire? Right, like it's like uh, Groot is here to hold. And you're like, oh, that cool arms. superhero I know. Yeah, precisely. So I think that works a lot because of that. But the game is also really fun. And the thing I was going to say was you can squad up and like huddle, um, and as the leader you have to hear what everybody says and you have to pick the right option of motivational speech. And if you say what everybody needs to hear, they start playing 80s pop music that they have somehow <laughs> licensed for this video game. That's a good and, Guardians of the Galaxy game feature. And all your guys get like unlimited attacks and you can just absolutely ransack everyone. So <laughs> That sounds like a fun time, actually. Yeah, that's my plug. Please go check out this Guardians of the Galaxy game if you haven't. It's not super long and it's very, very fun. This has been Nerded Here Weekly. Thanks so much for listening. Please remember to rate and review, subscribe. It helps us so much trying to find new listeners like you. And if you haven't already, be sure to head over to NIHF.com where you can read things like video game lists and movie reviews. And you have the opportunity to sign up to be a member of the community, which gives you comment access and one free extra episode a month. I keep saying it's free. It's not. You have to pay for it. I'm not trying to trick you. I'm just bad at talking. I mean, the episode, you don't have to pay for the episode specifically. You just have to be a subscribe well said jack thank you and as always don't forget to tune in next week to hear i'm just bad at talking that was great yeah i was gonna ask if you had somebody come by Sweet.